0: Uh, good morning, church. Good morning. Am I on? Yes, I am. am I? For me, uh, it's a blessing to this morning to bring the Word of God. And uh, today we're going to be continuing with the series of the 2nd Corinthians. We're going to be talking about uh, chapter 3. And the title message uh, for, for, this, for this morning is Living Letters. I don't know what we have in there, in the screen. Okay, there it is. So I will ask you to, if you can just open your Bibles in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. And if you don't have your Bible, that's fine. You can just take up your phones or you just, there is a, the letters in here so you can see it. So i want to ask you to, uh, to stand as you're able to read the Word of God this morning together. And the Word of God says, Are we beginning to command ourselves? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letters, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You showed that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts such confidence we have through christ before god not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves but our competence comes from god he has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life so let's pray father god we come to you this morning humble learning. and in to ask you God that you speak to our hearts we open our hearts we open our ears to hear your word it's in Jesus name that we pray amen you might be seated in this book Paul began 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 by discussing the false teachers who have introduced themselves through letters of recommendation Paul was saying that he did not need any letter of recommendation because God has blessed him due to his labor. As a result, Paul himself could appeal to them as the best proof of the God's word. So, but the question is, why did Paul feel the need to speak this particular word to the believers in Corinth? Why did he ask them, "Do we need letters of recommendation to you?" He asked this question because in the early church, there were non-Christians, people who claimed themselves to be Christian, they carried letters of recommendation to congregations that didn't know them. And these letters acknowledged that there is status in the church. So we still do this t- today when someone is looking for a job and uh, we send like a... Uh, a resume, and they always include a letter of recommendation or references. So it's the same idea and here's what is happening. So no, since Paul had already ministered to the Corinthians many times before, he didn't feel it was necessary to present these, these letters to them. So Paul was telling them, like, why are you asking me for a letters of recommendation? Just look at yourself in the mirror, because look at the church, look... God, used me to bring the gospel to you, and you are asking me to letter of recommendation? So the Corinthians asked, asked them for these letters from Paul because they began, they began to doubt the sincerity of his message and ministry. So what made the Corinthians begin to doubt about Paul? well if we look back just uh, one verse before this passage in second corinthians 2 17 we can see the reason why they doubted paul and why paul said exactly what he did paul said a lot of people try to get rich from preaching god's message but we are god's sincere messengers and by the power of christ we speak our message with god as our witness so like I said there were some individuals at that time who were preaching out the gospel to uh, out of personal gain and deliver uh, watered-down feel-good messages so because they knew that people would pay them to say exactly what they wanted to hear does that sound familiar to you guys too in this time and so there were those who took advantage of the situation so paul wasn't preaching for personal gain but those who took advantage of the ministry and abused it paul, paul was talking about them they caused the believers of Corinth to become skeptical of anyone who came among them teaching and preaching so they start asking for letter of recommendation because of there were some people that they were making profit of the gospel so In this verse, we can see that Paul wanted to assure the Corinthians that his motives for preaching were sincere. So he stated that the Corinthians were his letters of recommendation and the only ones that he needed. So they were his letters of recommendation. He meant that all he had to do was just judge the result of his former ministry. So basically, Paul was telling them, like, uh, again, as I said, why are you asking me a letter of recommendation? Just look. Yourself in the mirror, your life, your, your, your testimony. Like, I, God used me to bring the gospel to you guys. And now that I came, you're asking me for a letter of recommendation? So I don't think it was necessary. People were asking, but we all know already now why they were asking him that. So Paul, defense of his own ministry effort, opened the door for a discussion about the Christian witnesses. So let's see in this morning what spiritual truth the Lord left Paul to share with the believers in Corinth. And let's see how we can apply in our lives today about our faith in Jesus Christ. In verse 3, we can see that says, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human heart. The application for our lives today is that we, as a church, Pray Creek, we are the letters from Christ. Jesus is writing a living letter to be known and read by everyone. We are the living letter. Our life tells the story of the goodness and the grace of God. Perhaps we are the only Bible some people will ever read. And the question that I ask you this morning for all of you is, what do people read from your life? What does your life say about Jesus? We are the letters from Jesus, know and read by everyone. So we represent Jesus. We are a walking advertising for the gospel and does your life, your story, make others want what you have? Does somebody, when I see you in school, I see you in your work, in your, in your neighborhood, to be like, uh, you're different. I want, to, I want to know about that Jesus, that God that you, you praise and worship. Two years ago, three years ago, um, I remember I saw a T-shirt advertising on the internet, and it says, worship. So I purchased that T-shirt because I wanted it to be cool. I purchased that T-shirt, and then I, I, I lit worship on Sunday, that day. And I was I, was, I was, I felt that I was cool that day. Anyways, so I was, I was worshiping. A week after, it was a teenager, around 14, 15 years old, he showed up with the same shirt. And I went and asked him to be like, hey, that's nice shirt, you look great. And he said, yeah, I saw you were wearing it, so I wanted to be like you. That's where I purchased it. And for me, that was not a compliment, to be honest. Like, that was like, uh, I'm not somebody, I, I'm inadequate to, 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 you can see me as an example. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying in here, in chapter 2, verse 16, Paul asks, and who is equal to such a task? I hope you feel that way. I feel that way that, that day. When I think that my life is a letter from Christ to be read by, every, by others, I feel completely inadequate to the task. So did Paul. As we want to see in here, the second point is that God has made us competent. In the verse 4 and 5, he says, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from what? From God. He doesn't say your competence comes from your nationality, your competence comes from your education, your competence comes from your how much you have in your bank account. Your competence comes from God. In verse five. In other words, Paul said, we don't have the right to claim that we have done anything on our own. God give us what it takes to do all we do. And the application for our life today is that I think most of us, sometimes we feel insufficient at times when it comes to sharing our faith. I've been in that situation. We might feel that we don't know the scriptures well enough to share it with others and the fact of the matter is that we are insufficient in and of ourselves. But thankfully, here's the here's the key our sufficient is from God as the Holy Spirit teaches what to say in the moments we have to share our testimony. But if we but if we ever find ourselves struggling for the words to say keep in mind church and be encouraged that God might choose to speak through our lives and our actions rather than our words. So Paul begins, begins saying that he has confidence through Christ before God. So remember, he's talking about not needing letters of recommendation. He's confident that his ministry among the Corinthians speaks for himself. He doesn't need any outside letter of recommendation, but the question is does that mean that paul thinks that he's better than them does that think that paul believes that i did this on my own no way and as we can see in here he said not that we are competent in ourselves in chapter like i said in chapter 2 verse 16 paul said but who is equal to such a task who is competent who is competent qualified worthy good enough to represent jesus are you I am not. That's what Paul is saying. The answer Paul is saying, no me. We are not competent in ourselves, but our competence comes from God. When I said that we are letters from Jesus Christ, known and read by everyone, and that we represent Jesus, that we are the only Bible some people will ever read, I hope you shudder. I hope you be like, yikes, that's, that's a big deal. Like Uncle Ben from Spider-Man said, with a great power comes great responsibility. That's some high expectations. Yeah, like it, it's something beyond me. It's something that um, I'm, I'm not adequate to, to do that, you know. But here's the good news. But here's the good news. In chapter, in verse 6, it says, God has made us competent of a new covenant. Come on, can you say it with me, okay? Verse 6. God has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of a letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's the answer we all were looking for. God has made us competent. God has made us competent as minister of the new covenant. Paul, of course, he's saying this about himself, but this can be applied to our lives as well. God has made us competent. On my own, I'm not good enough. I'm not very competent, but with God, I'm good enough. I am competent, but why is that? when god when god calls he equips when god calls he empowers he will never ask you to do something without empowering you to do it so when he says you are a letters from christ he will empower you to be the person he wants you to be god is writing the letter god is making something beautiful of your life. If we surrender to Him, if we just give everything to Him, what God commands, He provides. Just as we seen the last week, this song, Jire, He is our provider. He will provide what you need. When I was a kid, my parents, uh, they used to leave town for some, uh, to, to traveling around the country, but before they leave, they used to uh, let my older brothers to be in charge of the house. And they used to, Make sure that we have plenty of food in the refrigerator, and make sure we feed the dogs, and and have like a emergency phone numbers to contact, you know, so, something like that. So, my parents they want us to be safe. They want us to, that we are be we be comfortable. So they provide everything we need, and it's the same thing with God. When God calls, He wants us to succeed. He will make sure we have everything we need to do our job well. So when God commands again he will provide. When God calls, he equips. God makes us competent. So our job is to simply stay close to God and is, and stay independent and humble. And the third point of this morning is that we should remain humble and dependent on God. This week as I was preparing the message, I was uh, I read the story of Uzziah, the king of Judah, he, and he says in Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, verse five, he says that as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. The next few verses describe his success. The verse then in the verse fifteen and sixteen, he says his fame spread far and wide for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. Here's the key to success and the danger of success. The key is that we seek the Lord. We stay humble and dependent on God. But if we seek God, if we seek God, he will fill and empower us. He will make us competent. He made Uzziah a successful king. So God will fill whatever you give him when we come to him empty and surrendered. He fill us and empower us. God will fill whatever you give him. He will make you competent. But here is the danger of success is that it can go to our heads and we can think that it was all overdoing that i did it i'm competent myself and we get proud and pride comes before fall that's the danger of success and that happened to me when i was an uh, i think you all know that uh, i think i went to i think i went no i think i went to seminary but before i graduated from my undergrad i remember uh, for the grace of god i got a full scholarship to 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 baylor seminary and truett seminary so i told my dad i said that uh, i don't want to pay the parking lot and parking space is too expensive so i'm just gonna ride my my bike and we found an old bike and we fixed it we put a new tires and all that but this bike had a problems with the brakes but we fixed it anyways and i went to seminary i moved from san antonio to waco and my first day of class, what do you think I did? My first day of class, you know, I put all my best clothes, I put all my easiest, you know, my, my favorite shoes I have, and I need to look clean and sharp that day. And I did my hair and everything. I took my bike and I started riding to classes. And on my way to go to classes, I, w- I started thinking, wow, this is a big school. I made it. I'm smart. Come on, of course, it's me, you know, I, I, I can do it. And I started riding my bike, and all of a sudden, my shoes got stuck in the chain of the bike. And as I was driving, and I just, boom, fall on my face in the ground in front of the library, in front of everybody. You should have seen it. It was dramatic. My glasses went over there, my water bottle, my shoes went, and I was on the floor laying down in pain. The only thing I could say is just, God, take me with you. It was painful, but the only thing I heard that day was my pride. And people uh, approached me like, are you okay, you now?" yeah, yeah, just, that's the way I get off the bike, don't worry about it, I was just parking my <laughs> It was just dramatic, but in that day I understood that is, pride can get to your head. But in that day, God keep me humble. It was it was something that, that happened to me on my first day of seminar that I, I was because I was thinking, I did it. And this can be applied to everybody in situations that whenever God is blessing us with a with a job or whatever God is blessing our family or whatever God is blessing us as a church, sometimes we can get into that situation. But the key is to see, to keep seeking God to stay humble. So the question I have for you, church, in this morning is, do you want to represent Jesus well? Let us stay humble and open to God. Let's keep seeking Him. He will fill whatever you give Him. God has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. So this morning we have seen that we are letters of Jesus Christ to the world. So whatever, whether we realize it or not, or every move is being read by the world and influences how people perceive the one who we call Savior. To some people, we are the only Bible they might ever read. So the question for all of you, even even you're still in middle school, in high school, or you already graduate, or you're in college, or you have a full-time job, Is that we are a living letters. What is your life is telling about Jesus? And I have this promise, and, and well, this command from the Lord that he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16, and I encourage you, church, for this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden in the same way he says let your light be shined before others that they might see you your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven so we are called we we, we all are called like i said this is not only apply for adults this apply for even teenagers kids in school in high school in college apply for everyone what is your life is telling about jesus Sometimes uh, God will use our, our actions and our, our, our testimony to share the gospel in the, in the place where we are. So let's keep in mind that church today, this morning, that we are a living letters and God is written, writing these letters. And all we have to do is to stay humble, stay humble And to say, God, I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender all, Lord. We are not competent. On our own effort, we are not competent. But in you, God, we are competent. We cannot do this alone. But with you, God, we we can do it. So let's stand and, and sing this song together. I surrender all.